Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, as you know from if you've been looking at the website, um, the Voice America website, um, today's show is called The Interview, Sony Caved and Greenlit Terrorists. Now, for those of you who have been listening, reading, hearing the news, um, the latest news just in the last uh, little while has been that um, Sony is releasing it, uh, taking baby steps to release it to independent theaters. Of course, they also mentioned yesterday that they were going to be releasing it on Crackle, um, their streaming video outlet, their internet outlet. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure that the title of the show is, is wrong. You know, I'm not sure that they still haven't caved, is my point. Um, th- these are baby steps, and it's great, and I'd like to think I had something to do with it. <laughs> not, not President Obama. It was me. It was all my articles that I wrote and I was quoted in. But anyhow, um, I thought it would be great. My guests for today are Thor Halverson, who is uh, the founder of the Human Rights Foundation, and Joan Alpern. She is a uh, well-respected movie and theater critic, and she has seen the movie. But um, I also have, just at the top of the hour, we're going to be you know, right off, hot off the presses, so to speak. I also have John Bowman, who is the programmer for the Jean Cocteau, or Jean Cocteau, cinema in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and that cinema has gotten a lot of um, attention because the owner of the cinema is George R.R. Martin, who is the author of Game of Thrones, and he has said, now let's see, this came out, I guess, John, I should ask you, but there was an article about it that came out on the... um, Twentieth, or was he, or did he talk about this before that? He's been saying that he's his cinema would love to have a screening of it. So I thought we would hear what John, who's been really the one interfacing with uh, Sony as the programmer for this theater, has what his up to the late up to the minute latest news is about this. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You've been on the front lines of all this. So, well, when was it? Let's. When was it that? Um, uh, George said that he wanted to have the movie at his theater. That was uh, the same day that Sony announced that it was uh, pulling it from release, which I believe was the 20th, and he actually had uh, made his announcement as part of his uh, blog, a blog post on his blog, which is called Not a Blog. Uh-huh. So, okay, and, um, and now you have been in the process of trying to actually make yeah, that no, happen. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, um, Sony... Uh, I mean, it's uh, hard to sort through the jumble of whether you know Sony decided not to release it or whether they just couldn't release it because a number of the theaters um, weren't uh, willing to play it. But all through this, uh, uh, several independent halls, including our own, as well as the Alamo Draft House Group in Texas and Lamley and Los Angeles and some others, uh, smaller groups or single screen theaters have said we would play it, and now Sony has decided to um, play it with a number of these, and we are talking with them uh, as we speak, uh, sorting out um, if we'll be playing it here at the Jean Cocteau in Santa Fe, and if so, uh, if it would be just Christmas Day or a full run, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. And um, what do you think... Um 
I mean, I, 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 you know, maybe I'm, I am cynical, but, um, and yes, I can understand that certain theaters and their insurance companies didn't really want to take the risk of, um, of a lone terrorist, for example, coming in and scaring everybody or shooting people or planting a bomb or whatever. Um, but, but, you know, Sony can't really blame it on... There, there were, as you said, independent theaters. And even, I don't know that all the big chains said no. I think they were hiding behind that. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it's all a matter of uh, conjecture. And some people obviously uh, believe that. And others, you know, have different opinions. It's been pretty wildly debated. <laughs> yeah. Widely debated. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I do think that... All along, um, there's probably been interest on their part in screening it, but just in what shape and when and how, and uh, whether it be in theaters or whether it be done with um, use of video on demand or streaming or the Internet has been a, uh, probably a pretty heated subject to debate there. Yes. Now, you mentioned something when we were talking before about, um, about how Sony is telling theaters that they want to simultaneously um, Well, no, it. I think their intention is actually to do um, live streaming of it on some platform. I don't know which platform that would be, but that would be an issue with some of the um, bigger chains because a lot of the uh, bigger chains will not play movies that are simultaneously released on um, video for on-demand or streaming services uh-huh. because traditionally there's been a window of... Um, opportunity for films to show exclusively in theaters, whether it's 40 days or 30 days or 90 days, and then it would go on those other platforms. And so when the uh, two are merged, some of the bigger chains will not take the titles because uh, um, it dampens the, um, in, um, you know, the economics, it changes the economics, mm-hmm. lessens, the, mm-hmm. lessens the number of people that go to see it in the hall. Mm-hmm. Well, um, of course, it seems like you know, it's, that's almost going to give the big chains an excuse well, as to why they won't release it if they don't. You know, well, well, we, we would have, but Sony is saying they're also releasing it on the Internet, so that doesn't make sense for us economically. Yeah, well, that's, um, you know, part, uh, that's all part of it. So it's a, there's a mix of arguments yeah. happening here. I mean, there's not just that security issue and the terror versus freedom yeah. kind of debate, but there's also that whole economic side to it. That makes it a more complex issue than than at first it might seem. And so there's, you know, it's easy to try to pull it down into slow, you know, a slogan or something, but it's not quite that simple. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just glad that it is at least beginning to seep out, and I certainly hope that your theater is one of the ones, one of the first ones that gets it. So I well, know you I'm, have to. I'm get... pretty sure we'll be able to play it. I'm hopeful. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I know you have to, <laughs> it's like a minute-to-minute thing where you have to get back on the line with Sony. Yes. So thank you for joining us. Oh, thank and you. And uh, giving again, us... uh, thanks so much. You're very welcome. Right. That was John Bowman, and he is the, pro- the programmer for uh, the Jean Cocteau Cinema in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So, <laughs> so now back to my guests, Thor Halverson and Joan Alperin. Um, let me just... Um, before giving you each proper introductions, um, just your reaction to what John was just saying. Well, can I say something? Sure. One thing I don't understand, you know, when I go to a rock concert, there's guards there, right? And when I go to the Academy to see a film, there's guards. 
couldn't all these movie theaters that were so afraid just hire guards and Sony could have split the cost with them? I mean, it, they, they're losing so much money. I mean, wouldn't that be a good solution or am I being naive about that? Well, I mean, y- yes, um, that is one solution, uh, one way to handle the problem. I guess, you know, there are ways if, if terrorists really did want to create some kind of a, um, make a statement, um, there would be other ways to kind of get around that unless they had a lot of guards or a lot of, you know, I mean, I'd, they'd have to be... Well, protected. I mean, yeah, they could put them right in front of, you know, like when you go to a rock concert, there's right. a guard and they fist you and they look in your bag. Right, I mean, right. I experienced that at screenings. At all the, you know, when I go to private screening rooms, they do that a lot. Yes. Thor, do I you want to think... weigh in on this? Well, I, I think fundamentally people need to be a little less melodramatic here. <laughs> the fact well, what is, fun would that be? <laughs> go well, ahead. the fact is that we live in a country that, due to the fact that the United States is so tolerant, a place that allows so many different kinds of religions, different kinds of points of views, different kinds of lifestyles where people can live however they wish as long as they're not harming anyone else. Um, Every day that we live in this country, um, someone somewhere poses an immediate threat to someone's way of thinking in a faraway place where bigots rule and they don't want anyone to either smoke something or drink something or dress a certain Mm -hmm. way or love certain kinds of people. And if we are going to start saying, let's get guards for everything, we would be living in an enormous prison. Frankly, uh, part of the reason why it's dangerous to live in a free society is because some people don't necessarily like us. But we also happen to be the country with the largest arsenal of missiles and the largest, most deadly um, military in the world. So if really, if people in the United States are scared, it's down to the executive power that has not made it known that it's their job to protect us. And when this country was founded, it was founded on the premise that the reason government is created, and the only reason government is created, is to recognize our individual rights and to protect them. So if one is going to be talking about people being scared or a potential, you know, lone wolf or a terrorist attack, to blame is the executive for not having sent the message, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And I'm going to oh, take I my totally family agree. to the theater I totally agree tomorrow. with you. <laughs> and the president, totally the president has, been, it has been appalling how the president has behaved with regard to this. It took him weeks to say something, and when he did, yes. he criticized Sony. That's called leading from behind. Yes, yes. It's amazing. All of her comedy that's not even that funny. Well, you know? <laughs> when we come back, I want you to tell us, you know, since you've, you've seen the movie, what, um, what it's about. I mean, you know, okay. we, it, besides what we all sort of generally have a... It's, it's not good for uh, Kim Jong-un. <laughs> that's what, we know that. All right, we need to take a break. Um, we're talking today about the interview, Sony Caved. I still think, I still think that's a, a go until we, we know for sure what's go, what they're going to do. And greenlit terrorists, my guests are Thor Halverson and Joan Alpern. When we come back, we'll hear about, um, we'll hear what the movie actually is and, uh, talk about some of the other issues and what, what Thor's group, the Human Rights Foundation, is doing, um, to try to combat some of these issues. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about the interview, the hottest topic. And we're, we're on the front lines talking about uh, what's happening lately. My guests are Thor Halverson, he is the founder of the Human Rights Foundation. We'll tell you what they're, he'll tell you what they're going to be doing or what they, and what they have been doing um, to, to um, try to um, ensure <laughs> our human rights. And Thor, I, I also would um, want you to tell about why this so personally has affected you. But before that, um, Joan Alperin, who is a well-respected movie and theater critic, um, had an opportunity as such to attend a screening of the interview before... Sony decided not to release it, and there was all this brouhaha. So, Joan, tell us. <laughs> what is that? Uh, okay, first off, I have to say, I have basically a funny movie review show. It's called Two, T-W-O, Two Jews on Film, and I rate films with bagels, one to five. And I did the interview Two and a Half Bagels, because truthfully, it's not that funny. It's not a hangover. It's not bridesmaid. It's like a long Saturday night and basically the premise is uh, Seth Rogen is the producer of this TV show called Dave Skylark and James Franco plays Dave Skylark and then he, he's sort of like this airhead talk show host you know that doesn't really know much sort of like the people on Fox News and <laughs> Don't apparently that. what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Tim John Euler is a big fan of the show, you know, sort of like he's a big fan of Dennis Rodman. So they get an invitation to go to North Korea, and they're thrilled because it's like incredible publicity. Well, the CIA finds out, and they approach them, and they say, well, we want you to assassinate Kim Jong-un, so we're giving you this poison, a vial of poison. They give them instructions how to use it. And, you know, away they go. Well, when they get to North Korea, it's Kim Jong-un is like this fuzzy, warm teddy bear. Uh, he shows them that all the stores in North Korea are filled with food and everybody's happy. And James Franco basically falls in love with Kim Jong-un and they become BFFs. <laughs> and they, just, you know, they decide not to, uh, 
you know, assassinate him. But, of course, then they find out the truth, that there is no food in the stores. It was all pictures. And they have to, you know, they decide to go with their plan. And you know what? It's a silly comedy. Some of it's funny. Some of it's not. And personally, I find it so fascinating that it's caused all this fuss. And when I found out that Sony wasn't going to release this, I cannot tell you how incensed I was. Because it's, you know, what are we going to do? If somebody, if ISIS doesn't like a film, what are we going to, like, not show it? I mean, I I just think that's, don't get me started. I just think it's outrageous that they they are such cowards. And that's my opinion. (laughs) Yes, yes. Absolutely. And and what's so funny, too, is that probably, I mean, with your two and a half bagels, um, probably <laughs> this movie would have, you know, would have, wouldn't have done all that well in the theaters. Yeah. It would have, like, the first weekend, probably, and then, you know, it would have just faded away. And now, I think there are going to be lines out the door to huh, see yeah. whatever movie. I- I'm certainly going to be first in line, or try to be. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, well, you know, do you know? Originally, they were going to the movie was supposed to be they assassinate the father, but then the father died, so they had to go do the son. Oh, that's interesting. You mean it was yeah, that, it, it was that long ago that they originally greenlit it? Exactly. Yep, they came up with the idea. You know, Seth Rogen and this guy, what's his name, Evan Green. I don't know, Goldberg. Uh, yeah, they were going to go assassinate the father, but when he died, you know, they had no choice but to go for the son. Oh, then you know, you know what? But then, I, Carol, you, you have to think. How would you feel if somebody did a comedy about the Holocaust, about you know, assassinating Hitler, or how would you feel if someone was going to do a comedy about you know, assassinating? you know, the Queen, Queen Elizabeth or, you know, our president. I, to begin with, personally, I think it was a stupid idea. I think it was a stupid movie to do. I mean, there's certain topics, I don't know, that I just think are, you should just leave them alone, maybe. Yes. That's just my opinion. Yes, uh, yes, and I'm going to explain a little later why they certainly should have done that with that. Um, mm-hmm. Or what... Um, now, I, I, the, the way that I knew to get in touch with you and the Human Rights Foundation was because of hearing an, a, an interview from someone from your organization on KNX Radio in L.A. And, um, and the, the interview was about how what you do in general, um, which I'll let you explain, um, about trying to make inroads into countries that have uh, dictators and don't have human rights. So tell us about what your organization does and why you founded it. Why don't we start with that, actually, because I think that's fascinating. Well, unfortunately, um, since the late 80s, the majority of human rights groups have um, lost uh, a sense of proportion and the resources and time that they devote to criticize democracies tends to be greater than the resources and time that they spend trying to address dictatorship. Mm. Um, one sees this with the main two or three main human rights groups where they focus an inordinate amount of time on functioning Western democracies where you have freedom of the press, where you have freedom of association, where regular citizens can protest and march against the government and seek the redress of their grievances. Well, that's kind of easy. Why would you focus on those countries? Why not focus on the countries where you're not allowed to protest, where you're not allowed to criticize the government, where journalists are imprisoned or killed, 
where those who disagree with the government are executed, where political parties are, may, are banned. So we, we focus on dictatorships and on those countries that are slowly becoming dictatorships. Um, for instance, to give a perfect example, you see the main human rights groups are focused uh, with almost an obsession on the very real and problematic situations that have uh, been uncovered in the prison known as Gitmo in Guantanamo Bay. But very few of them talk about the um, 14 or so prisons in the rest of that island in the part known as Cuba, hmm. where the Red Cross has not been allowed to enter a Cuban prison in 25 years. But the Red Cross is allowed to enter Gitmo every day. Huh. So it, it, it's usually, I mean, it's that sort of lack of proportion. It's that sort of lack of consistency. So, I mean, you'll see it when they cover the Middle East. There'll be 14 press releases on something that happens in Israel and maybe one press release on something that happens in Yemen. And that's absurd. If you can have a gay pride parade, chances are you can even you know, pick it in front of the president or the prime minister's home. You can't do that in dictatorships. Mm -hmm. So we want to, to focus our resources where the situation is the worst um, and where we believe our foreign policy should be focused more in terms of um, trying to impact it, not by providing incentives and taking out the dictators for ice cream and getting your picture taken while smiling with them, but instead... Um, disincentives, punishments, seize their bank accounts, take their homes in Paris, um, stop them from being able to go shopping and take their kids to Disney World. Now, if you're going to be a dictator and you're going to treat your people wrong, stay in your own country. Don't come to the United States. Don't go to Western Europe. Don't enjoy the trappings of a Western lifestyle mm -hmm. while you let your people live on less than a dollar a day. So that's sort of what really is the onus for a human rights group that actually focuses on human rights and not on criticizing matters of public policy that should be debated by the media and by policy groups as opposed to human rights organizations. Mm -hmm. And so part of what you do, um, talk about the balloons. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, one of the key elements in fighting dictatorships using nonviolence is trying to create a civil society inside each of these countries. And what do I mean by a civil society? That which we take for granted in the West and in the United States, um, that which we see as normal life, which in most of these countries doesn't exist, whether it's a stamp collecting club or a ballet school or, you know, a music school or an art school or whatever you want to call it. In most of these countries, it's art and worship of the revolution or the government, whatever, whatever their ideological pr project is, or religion. Um, it's ballet and revolution. Um, it's, you know, uh, uh, film school and loving the government. So we want to break that by offering uh, uh, something different, giving them an alternative um, to, so they can discuss what they're living through, so they can discuss and understand what the, some of these other concepts are. And part of that is smuggling material into countries like North Korea, uh, like Cuba, like Equatorial Guinea, um, and giving, giving leaders there an opportunity to grow and have political parties that are underground so that if ever the dictatorship comes to a swift end, there will be people who are ready to discuss uh, solutions and elections and political parties and platforms as opposed to, uh, you know, everyone being call, caught flat-footed on that. Mm-hmm. 
And one of the ways that you do that is by is by floating. I, I, tell us how you do that, floating the balloons, getting the balloons, and what do you have in the balloons? Well, in the case of North Korea, for instance, getting uh, North Korea is known as the Hermit Kingdom. It's known as uh, a country that has uh, really, really shut itself off. Um, the first person to be known as a defector from that country um, re- arrived as recently as the early 90s. That should give you a sense of how shut out they were, they were from the rest of the world. Um, and now, getting material into North Korea entails smuggling it in, and it can be smuggled in by land um, through their border, their northern and western border with China, or it can be smuggled in by air. Uh, where we can either use the airwaves to pipe in radio programming that then someone with a transistor radio um, that we also get into North Korea can listen in and, and listen to these programs, or we use balloons, enormous hydrogen balloons that carry um, large bags that are filled with leaflets, equipment, um, electronic equipment, thumb drives, DVDs, and they go into the air, and the winds will carry them north. And after a little while, with a timer, the bags will, will the timer will break open the bags, and um, the the contents will fall from the sky. And North Koreans are familiar with these balloons because they've seen them before, and they know that what comes from them they can sell um, or or watch. They have enormous hunger for this sort of material. So they very much want them, and so um, they, they, they know that they're valuable. So that's one of the ways we get material into uh, North Korea. And, and for this particular case of this movie, we created a program called Hack Them Back so that regular people can join us and uh, donate. 100% of their donation would go to getting this material into uh, North Korea. So it's at hackthemback.com. Yes, and we're gonna, we'll give out more... Um uh, websites and so on for both of you at the end the last segment. But, um, how how long have you been doing these balloons? Well, these balloons became something that was um, inspired in Eastern Germany when okay. when West Germany wanted to send information into East Germany. Uh-huh. I'll tell you all about it. Yes, in the next. Okay, great. Um, yes, we do need to take another break. Uh, we're talking about the interview, and uh, my guests are Thora Halverson and Joan Alperin, and uh, we will be right back. Stay tuned. This is uh, super important stuff. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline 
And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Hi, I'm Sam Nussbaum, WellPoint's Chief Medical Officer. We proudly support the March of Dimes mission to improve the health of babies and fight premature birth. We're helping the March of Dimes fund breakthroughs in research and community programs that help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together to provide children with a healthier start in life. Visit marchofdimes.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guests are Joan Alpern, a well-respected movie and theater critic, and Thor Halverson, the founder of the Human Rights Foundation. And Thor was talking when we um, had to cut to a break um, about these balloons that fascinate me that send um, things to countries that are people in countries that are, who are under dictatorships um, so that they get a sense of what, what freedom is like and can prepare for it. You were starting to say about how the balloon um, using that method started with East and West Germany. Yes. I mean, everyone remembers, you know, uh, a song called 99 Red Balloons. Uh, The song is inspired in part by the balloons between the West and the East uh, that would go up into the sky and they would bring messages. Remember, there was a time of no Internet and people wouldn't be able Mm -hmm. to communicate with people on the other side of of the wall. And so that was one, one easy way of doing it. And same with from West Berlin into the rest of Germany. And so the balloons have been used into North Korea for quite some time. But the North Korean government has made such threats that the South Korean government banned them. And last year we were very vociferous about this being a terrible thing. And we did a campaign and the South Korean government stopped banning them. So we've been doing them now for two years and they've been quite successful in terms of both being able to capture the imagination and inspire people um, about how easy it is to, you know, because the tyranny cannot control the wind. Uh, the tyranny cannot control the message that we put into the, into the sky. Um, but at the same time, it also has, uh, we know that people receive these messages. We know they get these brochures, these leaflets, these films, and it makes a difference, um, and which is why the government is so afraid of them and why the government threatens us with death when we do it. Yes, I was, that's what I was just going to ask you. So hasn't, just like South Korea, has, has North, what has North Korea threatened as retaliation for the balloons? Well, they threatened to slit my throat. They threatened to bomb the place where I'm at. They Are threatened to bomb place? where we do the... Oh, yes, they sent out press releases. You can, just find, you can find this online. Uh-huh. Um, just, wow. I mean, do a search for Human Rights Foundation, North Korea... Um, and something like slit throats or kill us, and then you'll see they sent out several press releases. Again, not that different to the stuff that these hackers have been saying. And you just have to, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to stop things because people say you're terrible and what you're doing is terrible and you're, no, we have to live as free people, end of story. 
Uh-huh. Um, if we're going to if we're going to live by the blackmail of of people who don't like the way we live, then we probably wouldn't get up to much every day. Yeah, there wouldn't be yeah. much enjoyment to life if you're going to just live it the way um, some tyrant in a faraway land wants you to. Yes. Now I want but, to um, I want to take a little time to talk about uh, to remind people of something that happened in 2013 with Kim Jong Un. Um, that relates very much to the interview, and which is why, as I was saying before, that Sony probably shouldn't have greenlit the interview to begin with, and, and it goes far back, so they, they should have known better. Um, in 2012, at the end of 2012, there was a publication called The Onion, which is a satirical publication, oh, yeah. and they declared him, at the end of the year, they declared him 2012 Sexiest Man Alive, and they said, they wrote, with his devastatingly handsome round face, his boyish charm, and his strong, sturdy frame, this Pyong-bred heartthrob is every woman's dream come true. And, um, they, and they called him a real hunk, and they had pages and pages with pictures and, and you know, all of this uh, Sexiest Man Alive stuff as if it were true. Now... Um, apparently, Kim Jong-un didn't know at the beginning um, that this was a, um, a spoof. And a Chinese uh, magazine did the Onion one better, and they even made, they made a magazine spread with more pictures and more uh, flowery words and so on. And finally, <laughs> someone tapped Kim Jong-un on the shoulder and told him that this was just a spoof. This was a joke. They were making fun of him. And at that point, um, it, not, just months later, just a few months later, in 2013, he then threatened the U.S. with a preemptive nuclear attack. And he said that he was going to attack cities, including Los Angeles and Washington, D.C., and other cities. So here he was. You know, obviously this made a narcissistic wound when he found out that, indeed, they didn't really think he was the sexiest man alive. In fact, they thought he was the least sexy, which is what made it so funny. Um, so his, this narcissistic wound, this um, attack on his manhood, made him want to prove that he was, in fact, the strongest man, the most powerful man, and power is an aphrodisiac, as Kissinger said. And so he, this is what spurred him on to threaten us with a nuclear attack, or attacks, really. And so obviously Kim Jong-un was not the bear to poke, and so he should never have you know, greenlit this movie yeah. to begin with. I mean, hopefully we have more creative ideas. We're not, we're not at a loss. We don't, we're not stuck, but that we have I, to do something like this. I, so, you know, and also the guy has no sense of humor, apparently. You well, know? yes, apparently not. So, well, did you well, know that they sent the script to China for approval, and there was a scene in it that where they go through China to get to North Korea, and China made them take it out. Did you know that? I that no, interesting. that's interesting. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting, um, hmm, especially with this whole previous episode with the Chinese magazine doing yeah, it. They, they, yeah, they had worries, you know. I mean, they were, they were worried about this film, which makes it even more ridiculous, the fact that they made the film, you know. It's like, why? Yes. So obviously making the film was a bad idea, but not releasing it, cowering to North Korea... Yes was obviously an even worse idea. Even yeah, worse idea, absolutely. It's unforgivable. Yeah. It really is, yeah. especially given uh, that this is, a, this is an industry, the film industry, that, absolute, that it survives. Its lifeline is freedom of expression. Its lifeline is artistic freedom. 
Um, the, the, okay. the idea that they would do this because they're either afraid or because of the bottom line is absolutely unacceptable. There comes a moment when you, as an executive, have to choose between the survival of your industry or, yeah. oh, we just need to just eke through this quarter and make it happen. Yeah. And that's yeah. the difference between a leader and a, a gutless moron, like the one that's about to be fired and will forever be remembered uh-huh. as Amy the guy Pascal? who did this. As the one who no, Michael in. Linton and Amy Pascal oh, as right. well. She'll be remembered for her racial comments in private, but mm-hmm. he'll yeah. be remembered for, for passing the buck repeatedly yeah. and, and then, you know, trying to engage in doublespeak. He'd be great in a propaganda office in a dictatorship. Yes, okay. yes, and, and using the words... Um, we did not cave in. He specifically said we did not oh, cave. Oh, please. <laughs> so, and, and I'm sure both of you have heard of the fact that, that this, you know, it's not, only, um, it's not only about the interview, but now there has been a domino effect, a chilling yes. domino effect, where He's some of the theaters that were going to show Team America, some of the, the theaters, that, um, because they need something to show on Christmas, and even now theaters... Uh, some theaters, at least, have backed off of that. And then mm-hmm. also, New Regency was supposed to do a movie uh, with Steve Carell, who I right. love, and it was supposed to be set in North Korea, and now, apparently, that's not going to happen. Yeah, we're doing self-censorship, which is just so infuriating. And well, the, the, the part about Team America it really needs to be uh, you know, detailed a little further. It was a theater in Texas where a group of Texans wanted to send a message that they were willing to take the risk, that they believe in free speech, and that as far as they were concerned, the North Koreans could go pound sand. So they wanted to show Team America. Mm-hmm. Paramount, in its infinite wi- wisdom, and displaying equal amounts of cowardice as Sony, then said, we own that film. You are not allowed to publicly display and, and, and screen that film. Mm. Um, again, I mean, and it shows you that, that how quickly cowardice can spread. Yeah. Mind you, most of these folks are probably worried that, they're, that the Paramount's emails are going to get hacked and that they're going to suffer what Sony suffered. And, but then it becomes a different issue. It becomes an issue of, okay, then let's secure our servers. If their servers were secure and they knew that this would not be a problem, then at that stage, it's no different than a terrorist organization that is threatening us. And that happens to the United States on a constant basis. But we don't actually keep up to date with that because that's the government's job. The government's supposed to tell us, Mm -hmm. by the way, we believe that there's a threat level, you know, orange light or green light or red light or whatever it is, and, and let us know that things are not doing too well and that we need to be careful. But ultimately... Corporations can't be the guarantors of, of, of their safety versus a terrorist group when on U.S. soil. I mean, if you go to North Korea, that, that you might get in trouble. But if you're in the United States, it's the government's job to protect you. And that's why, in this particular case, the administration has shown so little leadership and has pretended like, you know, until the very end, they just waited for the public outrage, and that's when the president came yes, out and yes. said, I don't think Sony should have done that. Well, you yes. know what, Mr. President, had you stepped up the first moment and had you said, this is America, we will not stand by this. And you know what? This exact same situation occurred a couple decades ago in Great Britain when a man wrote a book called The Satanic Verses, mm-hmm. and a great oh, yeah. number of people in Iran didn't like the book. And the Ayatollah in Iran, Ayatollah Khomeini, he said, oh, yeah, I don't like that book. 
I hereby order that that guy get killed. And he issued what is known as a fatwa. Mm-hmm. Fatwa is basically an order of death sent by God. Because right. I guess in their case, God can't do the killing himself. He needs the Ayatollah to order it. So he, he said, uh, that guy needs to get killed. And what did the government of Britain do? Mrs. Thatcher got on TV and said, absolutely not. You cannot do this. You will not do this. We will pay any price, whether, you know, I mean, sacrificing Salman Rushdie would have been a small price versus how much money the British spent, how much much heartache the booksellers, the bookstores, the security, the bomb threats, you name it. It would have been much easier to just ship them Salman Rushdie. I mean, the book Mm -hmm. sucked anyway. Kind of like what they say about this movie. It's not a good movie anyway. Well, yes. if that's the take we're going to, if that's the position we're going to take, then we cannot call ourselves a free country. Yes. And yes. it's pitiful that the British, with a much smaller military, with a lot less money, were able to stand up against the dictatorship of Iran, which was a lot more dangerous, and that this country is unable to do it yes. now? Oh, goodness. I mean, the President of the United yeah, States I mean, really just total, total gets an F on this. Again, yeah, not even half a bagel. Yeah, <laughs> look at all these documentaries they do. I mean, are people going to stop doing documentaries? Yes. You know, and there's the music. Absolutely, <laughs> Absolutely. The, the bigger picture has to be looked at here, and it's a pretty sad story when we have um, executives of movie studios making decisions about what's what movie we should make in terms of terrorism. What's a good strategy for oh. terrorism? That's <laughs> that's that's very dangerous. Well, yeah, we need to take another like break. It's like the McCarthy area all over again. We need to take another break. We will be back talking about the interview. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, so stay tuned. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about what is, you know, what is not... I mean, some people may think this is sort of frivolous, oh, the movie, it's a silly movie anyway, but it's actually an important... (laughs) a crucial stand that we have to take because it's not only about North Korea. Um, it's about terrorists in general, emboldening terrorists 
that if they, if other terrorists, ISIS, um, you know, other terrorists see that we, <laughs> that we so easily caved and took this movie out of theaters, and even now, you know, it, we're only going to be able to make it up somewhat. I mean, even if the movies go um, in wide release, that's, uh, you know, it's still a little blip. Like, it's still, um, oh, it, it's still not as good as if we had... Uh, let it go on as it was supposed to on Christmas. It still shows that we yeah. we blinked, and um, mm-hmm. that is not a good message to be giving to all the terrorists all over the world. And if you read the news, you see that things are happening. Terrorist attacks are happening with in- incredibly increasing frequency. France, all over, every Pakistan. I mean, just name a country. So mm-hmm. um, this is not the time to blink. So. Yeah. So this is a super, you know, it's, it's, this is more than a movie. <laughs> so, Joan, um, I know that there was, um, on Saturday Night Live, um, there was a, uh, a skit um, by Dr. Evil, Austin Powers, um, talking about the interview, and you saw that. So tell us about it. Yeah, it was so funny. They were doing this thing called A Very Somber Christmas, and then Mike Myers ha- hijacked uh, the broadcast. And basically, first of all, he said to North Korea, uh, you're giving evil a bad name, <laughs> and he and then he poked fun at the Guardians of Peace, you know, the group of hack, hackers for having yeah. a stupid name, and then he basically berated Sony for even making the movie, and then um, yeah, and then he even answered questions, you know, that awful Love Guru movie, and then he talked about Austin Powers. But I mean, it was very funny. I mean, the way he did it was really, really funny. And you know what you said about movies being released on Christmas? Well, that's there are what, so well, many. Well, wait. That's what he's. That was one of the things that I heard that he said that if it's it's a lot, it's a lot easier to kill a movie if you want to kill a movie, just release it in January. That's right. And, and there's so many great movies opening in, on Christmas Day that chances are they wouldn't have gotten like big box office. You mm-hmm. know. So yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. Maybe they'll release it a little bit like in January because nobody, you know, nobody goes to see movies in January because they've been seeing all the great ones, you know, in December mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. November. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, uh, the whole thing is just, it's just so, you know, really, it does remind me of um, the McCarthy era. Remember, everybody was afraid to say anything because they were going to, you know, get up in front of the um, McCarthy, right? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the McCarthy committee. Yes. It's sort of like the same thing, but on a bigger scale. Yes. I think, you know. Um. Well, I hope, um, I certainly, well, I, I want to make sure that we have time for each of you to give out your um, ways that people can see more of you or do, take action. Um, Thor, why don't you give out that website again and, and tell people why they should go to it? Well, if, you're, if you want to participate in hacking North Korea, what do I mean by that? Not hacking their computer system. I mean like a life hack, like getting information into a system that is totally closed off. Help us do it through balloons and through smuggling. And, you know, make a contribution at hackthemback.com. It's tax deductible. Go to hackthemback.com, and you'll learn a little bit more about what we're up to as well as all the disclosures to give you a sense how we're spending 100% of the funds uh, on the project. We're not keeping any of it. And it's really just a question of it, 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 it. People can help. Regular people can get involved. All it takes is five bucks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I, I think that that's very um, courageous of you and your organization. I mean, especially since you've been telling us about these threats that you've been getting. Um, 
that, that, but that's so important to get that information to them because obviously these countries, I mean, that's the way that the dictators stay in power by keeping, <laughs> keeping the information from the people of what's but going they, on in the rest of the world. Calling us courageous is, I mean, I'm not going to, I can't say I agree. Courage are the North Korean people who find these things and share them with people in their village and risk their lives. Yeah. We're not risking anything. I mean, we're in the comfort of the West, and okay, we go to South Korea, and we do this, and there's a slight moment where something crazy can happen. But there's no courage to act freely in a free society. Real courage is with people who are in North Korea who are trying to educate people about the West. That's true courage. Um, You know, just like Sony is not going to display any courage by by, uh, displaying this film. That's totally false and self-congratulatory. No, I don't um, mean for, yeah, I don't mean Sony. I just meant the work that you and your organization does. Well, I appreciate that. Okay, Joan, um, tell people how they can find more of your uh, movie reviews. And Joan <laughs> does this with her husband, John Schwartz. And yes. uh, that's the two Jews. That's the second Jew. <laughs> yes, and he created these cult classic films before I knew him called Faces of Death. And, uh, you know, they're still very well known. My my website is basically youtube.com slash user slash two Jews on film. That's where we show our videos and we're also, you know, syndicated on other publications. We started it out as a fluke and it just kind of took off. And he basically hates everything and I basically love everything. So <laughs> we kind of, you know, debate about that. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, and I actually started a petition, but um, I just started it, so it... Um, but if, I mean, I don't know whether it's, it might not be, um, I mean, it might not be necessary. I hope it's not necessary anymore. I hope the thread of it helped. Um, but on change.org, I started a petition called, uh, well, it's change.org slash Sony release the interview. Sony release the interview. And so you can sign that just in case, um, you know, I, I think Sony needs a little more pushing and prodding from everyone, really, to, um, mm-hmm. to get them to, 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 to go ahead with this and um, and not keep finding more excuses um, as to why it can't be released. Again, as I said, it's it's a little you know we shouldn't have blinked to begin with. They shouldn't have blinked to begin with. Theater, whatever theaters did blink, shouldn't have blinked. Shouldn't have blinked, but um, blinked. But um, but um, it was ultimately it was the responsibility of Sony. And um, let's see, how much time do we have left? We have about yeah, we have maybe. Three minutes left, something like that. Um, Thor, could you just tell us, like, like in two minutes? Um, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's not. I just want to say that Thor has personal um, has has suffered personally. I mean, besides having death threats um, with your parents, having been victims of um, of dictatorships. His father. Well, you know, being, it, it doesn't really matter what. And one, one tends to, can, everyone's got a colorful life or a grandparent who survived this war or was in the Holocaust or the rest. The fact is that life can give you a whole bunch of circumstances that are difficult. And you can choose to either take steps and um, choose to live a life that you want to live and respond to those circumstances, or you can just let life dictate for you that it was difficult and so on and so forth. To me, if people from different dictatorships or who survived them help people who, in different cultures, dictatorships wouldn't last more than 10 years. Uh, the goal, you know, when we have um, people from 
Ecuador helping people in North Korea and people from the Koreas helping people um, in Syria, that's when the human rights situations uh, will yes. be resolved. Yes. Because if, yes. it's all, if it's only about help my people and only that, then you're only really appealing to the diaspora and to people who are just like you. Yes, well, I mean, but that, my point is just that that is what fueled your passion because you personally experienced what it's like to have family members um, suffer in a, in a dita- dictatorship. And yes, the um, same goes for the Holocaust and all of that. And people, yes, you know, other people who have had those kinds of experience. But what I find interesting is that this is what then um, uh, caused you or gave you the passion to, to found the Human Rights Foundation. Um, well, it was more like the inability and inadequacy of the existing human rights yes. groups that simply aren't doing their job. Yes, yes. If they were doing their job, then nobody would need to start a new group. So it was, it was, it's really, really, I mean, to me, the greatest disappointments have been Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch, organizations uh-huh. with budgets in the $100 million plus per year. Um, yet when you look at what they actually do in a measurable result and you measure if the world is getting safer or if there are less dictatorships, we're going in the wrong direction. There are more dictatorships year after year, yes. and, and that certainly is troubling. Well, I want to make sure I give out these websites again um, for uh, hackthemback.com um, to help um, uh, continue the work that the Human Rights Foundation is doing, hackthemback.com, and go to YouTube for Two Jews on Film. That's spelled out, T-W-O, Jews on Film. And um, you'll find Joan Alpern and John Schwartz giving their, uh, deciding how many bagels each film gets. And um, Thor Halverson, thank you also for um, being on the show. And again, his, um, his organization is called the Human Rights Foundation. And thank you all for listening. And let me give you my uh, petition again. I know it's kind of now we, everybody thinks, well, we don't need it. But <laughs> we don't know, just in case we do still. Change.org slash Sony release the interview. And um, let's hope that this is, uh, that we come back, you know, stronger, that, um, yes, we blinked, but hopefully this will get, <laughs> go, go everywhere. And, and I guess the, the way to get back at that is um, that the movie is going to, um, well, hopefully we need to make sure that the movie gets to, uh, more people get to see this movie than would have ever seen it before. That is the key. So thank you, thank you, my guests, uh, Thor Halverson and Joan Alpert, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 